Well, good morning, Cam. Good day, sir. How are you, Mitch? I'm doing well. Uh, it's been a weird week, to, and I'm exhausted, but here we are, Saturday morning. Got a whole weekend off ahead of me, and I'm uh, I'm feeling pretty good about that. That is nice. I'm too very, very ready mm. for a couple of days of not work, yep. which is why I'm happy to be here, Mitch, because this podcast is not work. This podcast is fun. It is not work. This is intended to be a fun time and uh, enjoyable for both you and I, and hopefully enjoyable for the listeners. So, yeah, well, fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's hit and miss. So, what are you drinking this morning? I am drinking water, fresh, cold, mm. filtered water. And it ah, is very refreshing. A little H two O rocking. I should I should be drinking water because all the years that I that I did radio and even in college, they teach you never drink coffee, soft drinks, milk, anything like that when you're on the air. Always drink oh, water, milk. or um, you can get away with tea. Uh-huh. It tends to be you know mostly water anyway, but uh, is a little lower in caffeine than coffee, so you, it doesn't dry out your throat as much. So caffeine dries your throat out. Yeah. It's a diuretic, man. It, uh, it dries you out, but I don't listen. And, uh, this morning I'm drinking a local roast, uh, from uh, red letter roasters that, uh, it is a Sumatra, which I had talked to the guy that roasted these at one point, uh, years ago. He probably wouldn't remember me if you, if you asked him, but I said that, you know, a buddy of mine was toying with the idea of doing like a medium roast, uh, Sumatra, because uh, most of the Sumatra you find is all dark roast. And in some cases, really dark roast, like burnt roast. But, uh, and I like it that way. It's it's very good uh, in a dark roast like that. The The bag that I opened up said dark roast on it. But when I opened it up, it was almost like a mid-brown color for coffee, which I would normally associate with like a medium or light roast. Mm-hmm. And when I brewed it, it's definitely not a dark roast. This is a very different uh, different flavor profile from what you'd normally get with a dark roast Sumatra. It's almost just a little bit acidy, which generally speaking, I'm not a big fan of. But if you if you think, you know, a little bit of that dark chocolate flavor, a little bit of that earthy flavor that you normally get with the dark roast, and this just has layered on top of it almost just a little bit of that citrusy acid flavor, which it's very it's very weird, very different. I'm, <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure if I prefer it over the dark roast. I think I prefer the dark roast, but I'm drinking it this morning. And being that a medium roast, it should have more caffeine in it. So I'll give it a few minutes and hopefully <laughs> I'll be wide awake and ready to go here. So all right. I eagerly anticipate you bouncing off the walls. <laughs> so funny, funny story about that. And this isn't in the show doc or anything. I'm just, it's just funny. Uh, we were at work. We would do our uh, Christmas sets the night before Thanksgiving every year. So we'd be getting our Black Friday stuff out on the floor. And then we, we do like our final run through that Wednesday night. And uh, one of the guys, uh, I can be a little bit manic sometimes, but very, very few and far between. Usually I'm a pretty even keeled, you know, even keeled guy, but I can cut it loose a little bit every once in a while. This guy, this guy that I was working with that night had never seen me like that. And 
he challenged me on top of that to drink a monster uh, oh, before gosh. before we got started and i i accepted that challenge and drank the monster and him and i had so much fun that he was talking about it for months afterwards <laughs> he's like dude did you know mitch has jokes i think that's what that's what he kept telling me <laughs> So, but, uh, right. but it was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, he doesn't work with us anymore and I, I do miss him a bit. He, he was a good, good kid. So. Monster. Ugh. Yeah. Well, I, this was a monster zero. It was, uh, the calorie free version and I don't hate the flavor. I mean, it is very citrusy and very, very, uh, does it is abrasive, but I didn't, I don't think it tastes bad. No, it's less about the taste and more about what it does to your body. Oh, it did something to my body. That, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Oh, good stuff. Man, I had like three show titles and just that little bit of open there. <laughs> did you know Mitch has jokes? I have jokes. That's, yeah. my, that's my current proposal. You like that? Mitch has jokes. All right. Well, I want to do a quick little follow-up on AirPods Max. Um, I'm wearing them again today, but a little bit different, and you may not be able to see it because this. Oh, I saw the cable. Like I saw so it. super small. I'm, I'm eagle-eyed, Mitch. I saw uh, it. It's like, it's like a. I don't know if it looks like a hair on the screen. It's like so. Thin, yeah, so your uh, your Jedi ponytail. <laughs> right, right. My little Padawan braid. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> nerd. <laughs> Such a nerd. <laughs> Oh, I own that. So, but, uh, so I do have it plugged in with a cable today and, um, I do have my other headphones here as a backup, just in case I did not check the battery level of my, my AirPods before I got started this morning. So if you see me frantically switch headphones, that's cause I, I, uh, my battery died. It's okay. I'll make sure to save the most important thing I say for that moment. Uh, you probably uh, say something that you don't want me to hear. So I discovered it, they do work. Uh, the, I was really, I didn't have a lot of time with them before the last episode to try and figure out why they weren't working quite the way that I thought they should. Um, for one, when you plug them in to, you plug the lightning port in, uh, it will, it turns on the headphones or I mean, the headphones are already on, but it switches over to that input and turns the volume down. Um, which from a, I mean, if you know that that's fine you know, then, then, you know, just to, just to, uh, turn the little digital crown up here up so that you, you have audio. The other thing it does is I sound, and I don't know if you can cor- corroborate this, but I sound really bassy in these headphones. I mean, I feel, I feel like my voice is like in the basement, uh, in these All headphones right. right now, you sound normal, but I sound like really low. You sound normal to me, but maybe you got some beats by accident. Yeah, I don't know. It almost sounds like that a little bit. I'm learning whether or not to trust these headphones for doing any of that auto audio mixing like that. Um, but I had a weird experience this morning that I want to share too, in relation to these. Uh, so I thought, you know, I mean, these aren't quite working the way I want them to. I'm going to take them off. I'm going to put on my Sony headphones that I normally use. They're the Sony. Um, you know, this, the standard, the MDR 7506s, the, you know, if you go into any, um, radio studio or anything like that, this is basically this, the industry standard, unless you really want expensive headphones. And these are on about a hundred bucks. 
and I've had these for, <sighs> when did I go to college? Um, was it 20, it's probably right around 20 or 2009, 2008. Try, trying to think. So I've had these for, you know, probably 10, 15 years and the pads are all worn down. They're, you know, these things look like they've been through the war. And of course I got a, a nice little, uh, Apple sticker on, on the one thing, because I guess years ago I thought that was going to be cool, but, um, <laughs> but I put these on after having the AirPods max on and oh my gosh, these almost felt uncomfortable. Like they were, I don't know. They felt, they felt like they were chintzy and cheap compared to the AirPods max. Well, at one fifth the price, I would hope they felt that way. Yeah. I mean, what the reason that's weird for me though, is that I've been wearing these for, you know, 10, 15 years and never had an issue with them. And now I buy the AirPods max and I'm just like, Oh, these feel like, like garbage, but they still work well. I'm, I'm not, I'm not upset about them, but it just, I do want to put uh, new cushions on them, new cuffs at some point because they're, they're pretty worn down and nasty, but, but yeah. I still can't believe you bought the headphones, Mitch. Dude, I love these headphones so much. <laughs> I, I've gotten to the point uh, when, when I buy a product and it changes my routine in the day, I'm a very routine person. I don't know if we've talked about this on the show before. If I buy something that fundamentally changes my my daily routine, you know that I love a product. And I've gotten into the habit now of normally when I would get ready for work, I would sit down to eat lunch. I do that about 11 o'clock. I'll eat lunch and then at 11:30 I got to I've got to get up and start getting my lunch together for, or my stuff together for work. So I've got my lunch for work, my you know any snacks that I want to take with me. Um I take some soda with me, different different things like that. I get it all packed up and ready to go. And I went from throwing my my Aftershocks um bone conduction headphones on while I'm doing that listening to a podcast to now I throw these on and I turn music on while I'm doing that. And that, that's just like such a fundamental change for me that I just, that, that that's evidence that I really like these headphones. So, so yeah. I forgot about the bone conducting headphones. Yeah, I've got those. <laughs> I actually, the only thing I've used my AirPods pro for recently is for listening to a audiobook while I'm going to sleep at night. So they have been, uh, they have been put into my little uh, cigar box next to my bed. Um, which the only reason I use that is because my cat gets into everything. So I have to have it closed off so he can't, you know, decide to play with all the little doodads that I have, uh, sitting, you know, cause I put my, I charge my Apple watch in there and other things as well. So yeah, we'll have to talk about that sometime. There's there's a product solution in that somewhere, but your little techador, yeah, something like that. You know, oh oh, product product right here. All right, a humidor with the power mat inside of it, so you can mm. wireless it, and they can call it the matador. Mm. The huh? matador, yeah, yeah. I have a little guy, you know, the logo. Yep. 
we want we want credit for that if you if anybody anybody that's in the audience makes that we we want credit for the name well i want credit in the form of payment not in putting my oh, name oh, anywhere 100%. near it royalties <laughs> we're, ta we're talking royalties here yeah <clears throat> yes so all right you uh you brought up the macbook air rumors for yes yeah so what do you think well i don't know about you mitch but uh i'm a sucker for I'm I'm a sucker for some hot tech goss, if you know what I mean. Sure. I want that tech tea. Is the kid I'm told that's what they say. What's the tea? Which is hysterical because I'm pretty sure none of them drink tea because yeah. they're twelve year olds. Hmm. Anyways. Yes, there is a rumor going around that the next MacBook Air, which is just ridiculous. They're already making the next MacBook Air since they just came out with the MacBook Air with the M1 chip in it feels like three days ago i know it's not that because i've had it for longer than that but it's it's brand spanking new mm -hmm. and so as someone who bought the m1 macbook air and is absolutely in love with it i'm a little annoyed that there's this rumor that they're going to release the next version of the macbook air in all of the pretty colors that the imac just got released in mm -hmm. and we know from our last episode that I'm a much bigger fan of the colors than Mitch is. And dang it, I want a bright yellow MacBook Air because <laughs> that just screams, hi, I'm obnoxious and I like it. That's <laughs> oh. my style. And so some of the details around the rumor is that it's um, going to be released next calendar year, 2022. Mm -hmm. um, Maybe second half of 2021, maybe first half of 2022. It just depends. The leaker, Prosser, says that he assumes it's the upcoming MacBook Air powered by the M2 chip or whatever the next version of the M1 is, the M1X, Bionic, Hydro, Super Fantastic, whatever. Um, <clears throat> but the source has been very cryptic, is what the rumor says, other than the colors. So, Mitch, to your point, you mentioned before we got off, before we got on air, that might not be the macbook air it could be a different version of a macbook um which still annoys me it's supposed to have multiple usb4 ports um all of this goodness and uh you know I just just i just want a yellow macbook air and i'm annoyed that they just released uh the macbook air and didn't make it colorful it's just it's petty for me to feel this annoyed by it i realize that but <clears throat> that's the, that's the problem with buying Apple products is they either wait five or six years to change it or they change it right away. <laughs> there doesn't seem to be a middle ground there. Mm -hmm. um, so that's that colorful iMacs or sorry, colorful MacBook airs a la the new iMacs potentially an update to the chip may not actually be the MacBook air, but it is a, Oh, and it's supposed to be a 13 inch screen as well. Um, so very similar form factor to the current MacBook Air with some significant uh, visual changes. So that's that. <clears throat> what do you think about it, Mitch? I can envision that if they went with these colors, the way that they would work it is the outer shell would be the gorgeous, like darker color that I really like. I don't know. I'm so like, I so don't like the the white or light gray bezel around the screen. I'm just not a fan of the lighter colors that they have on these machines. 
Well, I'm hoping that they would keep the black bezel like they do on the MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. I would hope so too, but I would I would suspect what they're going to do because it's another consumer grade product that they're going to go with the the white or light gray bezel and then go with the pastel colors on the inside. My MacBook Air, which is consumer grade, has a black bezel. Right, but so did the last iMac. All right, touche. Yeah, I think we're going to start seeing a a little bit of divergence with the with the colors that the machines that are intended to be more pro machines are going to have the black bezel and the machines, at least in this generation, the machines that are uh, considered to be more consumer grade are going to have that white bezel on it. So, yeah, because we all know professionals hate color. Yeah, you know, they're too boring to enjoy fun colors, Mitch. So so here's my like maybe wish casting is that the the high end or what they consider the pro machines uh, will come in space gray will come in silver but then will also come in more pro style colors you know some something similar to what we've got with like the midnight green with the the sky blue i think it was or whatever the ocean blue or whatever the new blue was on the on the iphone 12 that it'll be more of more of like these darker richer i I don't want to say more muted but more like muted but in a darker way like Um, fall and winter color palettes not spring and summer correct correct yeah that's a good way to put it so maybe you'd have some reds some oranges you know even a yellow or a nice burnt umber yeah, that would be just a really dark version of that color. Uh, and again, wish casting. Uh, there's no reason to believe that they're going to do that. But uh, but maybe come maybe they'll do what they're doing with the uh, iPhones is they'll introduce like a new color with each generation. But you know, it would be pretty dope though. As much mm-hmm. as I want a bright yellow MacBook Air, mm-hmm. matte black, the whole thing, the whole thing, matte black, matte black, just. Oh. Matte black everything. There's a shirt on uh, Cotton Bureau for you there. Oh, uh, yeah. One MKBHD. Is that from him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Matte black yeah. Other people have stole it from him, but it's 100% his deal. Okay. Yes. I don't, uh, I've only watched him a couple of times. So. Oh, he's, he's one of my faves in the cool. tech sphere. Very smart guy. He's really good. I just, uh, I don't feel compelled to watch a whole lot of YouTube. So, that's fair. all right i appreciate his uh what's the word his his ability and willingness to to point out the strengths and the weaknesses of like he's not an apple guy like he's very much in the android like he he does both android mm-hmm. and apple and he's like he's very broad in what he covers but he's also very level-headed in how he critiques and applauds different products by different companies um so he has a really balanced approach that i appreciate because a lot of that stuff is like they're all in their major you know apple fanboys or fangirls or they're all about android and google and he spans the 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 spectrum there um and so i find his insights about new apple products and new google products very insightful because of how balanced his approach is Mm -hmm. so that's why i appreciate him yeah, I mean, he's when I was looking for reviews on the AirPods Max, oddly enough, I watched his review and appreciated it. So, 
and he said pretty much what most everyone else said was that they're amazing headphones, but they're a little pricey. So, or a lot pricey. A lot pricey, yeah. Yeah. All right, you want to hit this next subject? Yes, I do. The M1 iPad Pro is over, and I quote, 50% faster than previous generation. I own the previous generation iPad Pro. It came out a year ago. Mm -hmm. One year ago. They slap the M1 in this new puppy and it is 50% faster. My iPad Pro is already stupid fast. Like it, the thing is crazy good. And this one blows it out of the water. Which just, it again, it makes me sad. Not that this is like <clears throat> the, the quintessential first world problem, right? <laughs> I hate using that phrase, but this completely defines what that phrase is. I have an amazing machine that I paid really good money for that does everything that it can possibly do currently it it checks all the boxes of what's capable it can it 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 can beat most pcs in performance you know it it does everything that it is capable of doing it does excellently and yet i see a headline like this and i'm just like ooh another reason to try and figure out how to sell some of my stuff so i can afford something that's 50% faster and might run final cut even when I have a MacBook Air that runs Final Cut perfectly, it's it's moments like these where I get super excited and like, oh, that would be awesome to have. And then I have to have that moment of like, calm down, you child. You don't need this just because it's shiny and new. And it's uh, anyways. That's the struggle I have here, Mitch, right, is the is the desire for new shiny things but also having to have the sobriety of like you already have plenty. Yeah. This, this is, this doesn't even come anywhere near a need. This is firmly planted 100% in want. But that being said, uh, this thing is a absolute monster. So you can get, you can get a 12.9 inch, iPad Pro with a full terabyte hard drive for $1,800. You could also get a 16-inch MacBook Pro with a terabyte of storage and 16 gigs of RAM for $2,800. So for $1,000 more, you can get the flagship MacBook Pro. Guess which one scores better on Geekbench? I'm going to go with the iPad. The iPad Pro beats the flagship MacBook Pro (laughs) in performance and multi-core results. And that's that's still on Intel. So we're, you know, come this fall or whenever they decide to release the the new MacBook Pros on 
right oh no 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 yeah when they when they rev the macbook pro but what i'm saying is is for a thousand dollars less you get a three inch smaller screen but you get a machine that outperforms the last generation's flagship tablet or i mean um laptop it's just crazy because i mean that that 16 inch macbook pro has been like the monster right that's the monster laptop that does everything it crushes stuff and they throw an m1 chip and an ipad pro and it beats it first try now it doesn't beat the macbook air but it's like the difference is minuscule in their in their results the a12z ipad pro which i believe is what i have it it's it's bad (laughs) comparatively speaking right but we're dealing with we're dealing with high-end everything but it's just it just goes to show you how how truly powerful this combination of apple's new chip and their hardware and their software that that full stack combination can really be and you know the the scary thing is is um it's only going to get better which is a bit terrifying yeah so it's just i don't know it that seeing these these results of you know um the geekbench scores and how it how it performs against you know current industry you know leaders and um you know other tablets in in the apple lineup is i like it because it's just it's you know nerdy and and you get you get comparisons um but it really does excite me for what could be possible on the ipad pro either this year after wwc or next year Uh, i know i've been beating this drum for a while um but don't worry um, we only have like, you know, three or four weeks until WWDC. So I, I can either finally shut up about it or be even more excited. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So those are the yeah. big rumors right now, Mitch. I hope for, for your sake that they do something like that this year. And then at the same time, I think to myself, well, then there's all this money <laughs> that we got to come up with to be able to do that. So um but we'll see it should be really cool i like it i can be patient when i want to yeah so can i but i don't i wouldn't call it patience i would call it just like not being able to do it so i'm certainly certainly not patient in the process so well based based on the fact that we didn't have a lot to discuss today um and or any any kind of main topic for the day today uh i checked out pod decks again and found a card deck that uh, might uh, might be fun to do on the show today so uh, for those of you who uh, do not know what pod decks is and I'm, I'm being transparent because i think there's a lot of uh podcasts that use these that don't talk about it but uh but i kind of dig these uh, these decks and we did a would you rather here um a couple months back and i think we had a lot of fun with that uh, the deck that I picked out for us today is called The Future Freaks Me Out. It's a good title. It's a good title. It's uh, just under 500 cards of just like future predictions, different things like that, uh, just to spur some conversation about about what uh, what we could do in the future, what could happen in the future. So uh, we have not previewed any card. I did look at a couple of uh, example cards just to kind of get a feel for the deck, but we haven't looked for anything yet. I'm sharing my screen with uh, with cam 
uh, so that he can see the cards uh, as well. So let's go ahead and check out the first. Um, <laughs> where will the hippest vacation spot be in 20 years from now? Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln, Nebraska. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I see that. <laughs> 20 years from now, the hippest. Um, hmm. That's, you know, if you said five years from now, I could probably come up with something a little bit closer. But 20 years from now. It's going to be, it's going to be in Africa or Asia, guaranteed. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be in the United States. No, I was totally kidding about Lincoln. That's never going to be the hippest spot. I will say just for conversation's sake and for excitement's sake, I don't know if you've seen anything about the um the Star Wars uh is it Star Cruiser or something like that where they're creating a basically it's a hotel that is uh basically to mimic an experience of getting into a ship and flying and being out in space. And you run into, you know, enemies out there and stuff like that. There's, there's a uh, Jedi dojo on the, <laughs> on the uh, ship. You, uh, you can align with the first order or the resistance while you're there. Uh, they've got, I mean, you know, it's only, I think they figured that it's like about 350 people that can stay there at any one time. And it's like a three day experience or something like that. Um, it's ridiculously expensive from what the rumors are saying. Uh, something like $3,000 a person to do it. Yikes. Um, and then they have family packages. So if you bring a family, I think it's like $7,200 for like a family of four or five. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's not cheap by any means, but everything is paid for. It's much like going on a cruise that it's all, ex- all expenses are included. Um, the only thing that isn't included is there is apparently a uh, an excursion uh, to Batu in the process, which is basically they drop you off at Galaxy's Edge for a few hours. <laughs> but it, but they do it in a way they they're actually developed a bus or or something like that that is all enclosed. There's no windows on the bus that the passengers can see out but they have screens in there to give you the illusion that you're flying through space. And that's so weird, man. Yeah. It's supposed to be like a complete experience that, uh, that, um, you supposed to genuinely feel like you're not on earth. Like you've flown off and you're, you're flying through space and all that kind of stuff. So it's a, it's very interesting. Do I, I don't know that's going to be a hotspot in 20 years, but I, uh, you know, if I said five years from now, I think it would be pretty hot five years from now. How will eyeglasses be improved 20 years from now? I mean, I think the obvious answer is augmented reality, right? Mm-hmm. I think I agree with that. I was going to let you say it. And that, 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 but that's that's assuming that that's an Im- improvement, which I'm not so sure it is. You know, if I could just get like, say, date and time. Uh, on the inside of my glasses uh i think it would be cool like if i'm doing uh you know if i need to do like maps information you know i've got turn by turn directions 
to have those, you know, just in down on the corner of my vision, um, like maybe off over here. Um, I think that stuff would be cool. I think you could really overdo it though. Yeah. I think the other, the other thought here is, um, you know, uh, improved laser eye surgery so that you will need glasses for many more, um, cases, right. Than than what's currently there or, you know, permanent contact lenses, you know, things like that. So I think eyeglasses, I think for sure the AR is going to be a thing, whether or not it sticks or is useful or actually winds up causing (laughs) accidents on the road, you know, that's Mm -hmm. debatable, but I think there's progress in, in, in what's capable medically or with contact lenses would be a, a, a big area of improvement too. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think we've seen a lot of what we're probably going to see in 20 years. And I think the, the, the interesting thing that, that I look at now is when you go back and you watch movies that were supposedly supposed to take place now and our past version of what now should look like, um, is so drastically different. You know, they, they were talking, you know, 20, 30 years down the road, like flying cars and, you know, different things like that you, when you look at back to the future mm-hmm. you look at I want my hoverboard man yeah i mean th- they really had an idea of how much progress can happen over those that many years and i mean they were wrong but sure well, I, th- <laughs> I think the thing was is that they they thought priorities would be in one area and priorities changed you know obviously our computer i mean we're not getting faxes in our in our living room you know, I think of the uh, the scene with Marty's dad, or Marty actually, getting fired uh, via fax in his in his office. Yeah, obviously, yeah, we didn't. But the kid has a hoverboard. <laughs> yeah. So you know, priorities are, were very uh... turned out to be very different in technology than what uh, what was predicted. But when we start looking at that, you know, twenty years still isn't that long out. So I don't see that things change a significant amount, but. Um, I think it would be neat to have, you know, built in anti-fog coatings, especially, especially, I think that's come to the forefront a lot with, uh, with mask wearing and stuff like that. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't think I disagree with anything that we've said so far, but I can't think of anything else that they could improve. So maybe they'll have some weird looking glasses, but, but that's because I'm old and. What will humans be able to get tattooed on themselves to make life more convenient 20 years from now? Uh, uh, QR codes. Oh, wait, we can, already, we can already do that now. Yeah, we can do that now. But um, I think the weird thing about QR codes is I can't imagine they're going to work in 20 years. <sighs> if you had them tattooed now. What will humans be able to get tattooed on themselves? I saw a hilarious joke on the Babylon Bee yesterday that uh, it said something about liberals were getting uh, um, masks tattooed on their face so that they wouldn't be misrepresented as a Republican when they're not wearing a mask. Oh, boy. Or some some garbage like that. It It was pretty funny. Yeah. I don't understand how a tattoo could make your life more convenient. Because, like, convenience means it helps you get something done easier. So... 
again, we're looking at something where, you know, 20 years from now, things probably aren't going to change that drastically. But what if you could actually get some kind of circuitry tattooed into you? Nope. Hard pass. Swipe left. Yeah. I'm not saying that that I would be for this, but um, the tattoo would actually be able to conduct like a very low low amount of electricity to be able to like you could you could tap numbers or something like that on your skin to enter, no, I'm to good. enter information i'm yeah. good no it's it's totally weird totally out there but i'm not sure what the application would be for the technology either but um but yeah i don't know that's a that's a weird one a map to your house on your arm so you never get lost <laughs> <laughs> I, I might need something like that in 20 years we'll see <clears throat> yeah i don't know <laughs> what athlete do you think will be on the cover of wheaties in five years hmm. i'm gonna go with trevor lawrence i have no idea who that is he was the number one pick in the NFL draft this year. He played quarterback at Clemson. He now plays quarterback for the terrible Jacksonville Jaguars, coached by the terrible Urban Meyer. Hmm. So I am going to go out on a limb here and say that Wheaties doesn't exist in five years. That's a bit uh, morbid. <laughs> Uh, Wheaties goes out of business because uh, they they have a uh, contamination in their product line and lose a ton of business. And... Well, it wouldn't just be Wheaties then. It would be like Kellogg's or General Mills <laughs> or whoever makes them. Oh no, I, I have no idea who 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 I would uh, who I would put on a Wheaties box in five years. Oh, Wayne Gretzky. Mm. Yeah, maybe they'll have like a Hall of Fame version of Wheaties. So. Then it's back to MJ. There we go. All right. This might be controversial because uh, because of the pronunciation of this word, but will gifts... I, I, I will judge you so hard if you say this wrong. Will gifts become oh, an acceptable form of communication, making words less relevant? I'm so happy you said it correctly. We'll have a conversation about that in a second. But first, do you think uh, they'll become a relevant or they'll become... A form of communication making words less relevant. Uh, yes to the first part, no to the second part. Will they become an acceptable form? Yeah, they already are. I they use gifts all. The, I use gifts all the time in our work Slack because sometimes it's just you, funny. Sometimes you just yeah. need to see a lady dancing in the church aisle to let someone know how happy you are. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> or a little baby in a in a fetal just crying on the floor of a supermarket. Like you just they communicate, but that doesn't yeah. make words less relevant. Oh, absolutely not. I, I will die on that hill. Words mean things. So on the GIFs, GIFs uh, argument, it stands for graphical interface format. It's not dra graphic. It's graphic. Oh, my gosh. Mitch, we are on the same page here, dude. This happens so infrequently. I'm so happy. It's also not peanut butter. To the creator of GIF or GIF, who says that it should be pronounced GIF is wrong. wrong. Yep, he's wrong. Yeah, because that's apparently the argument that uh, that people that use that say GIF uh, use 
is that the creator of the the gif says that it's pronounced jif and he's just wrong yep. so 100 percent. what would you do if you found out that you had a long lost sibling you never knew about or you never knew you had <laughs> judge my dad harshly <laughs> <laughs> there would be lots of questions yes so many questions like uh you remember that talk we had when i was a teenager <laughs> um i mean i would probably at least want to get to know them a little bit oh yeah absolutely i i would i would love it especially if it was a brother i always wanted a uh, a younger brother (laughs) hey brother yeah i mean i would i would i would have so many questions Mm -hmm. so many questions i would i would have to have uh many long chats with my dad because I'm assuming it would be his child since right yeah cuz your mom would have known right well there's all there's always the bizarre case that I am not the oldest child and my mom gave birth to someone before she was with my dad that he doesn't know about right yeah, so I, I guess I shouldn't could... I shouldn't judge my dad yeah yeah it could it my mom my mom could have had a someone else's kid um before I was born yeah but... so I I don't believe that this is would be ever be the case but uh, did did your parents have the talk with you when you were teenager? My dad had the talk with me mm-hmm. right after right after Mighty Ducks. I was watching it on TV <laughs> in my in my bedroom, mind you, my bedroom fully Mighty Ducks themed, mm-hmm. paint scheme, wallpaper, blanket, all Mighty Ducks. I was obsessed mm-hmm. when I was a kid. I was kind of growing out of it at that point, but you know when the room is painted and everything, it just you know, it stays that way. And I was watching it on TV in my room and my dad finished the movie. And then immediately with no segue, went straight into the sex talk. I was just like, dude, literally read the room. <laughs> <laughs> Could you have picked a worse time for this? <laughs> so this is the talk that I got. And I love my dad. I'm not picking on him, but but it it was just funny because my my dad was just so uncomfortable. And you know my mom put him up to it. So because that's the way my family works. I don't know if it's <laughs> in other families, but my mom probably is like, Oh, you when when you're when you're out, you know, you gotta talk to Mitch about this. Uh, so so we're out hunting and we're driving <laughs> out to 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 hunt. And we're in we're in my dad's truck. And my dad says something along the lines of, you know about sex? I'm like, yeah. Thanks for making this weird, Dad. Of course, that's that's what's going on in the back of my head. He's like, so do you know that there's a right time to do it and a wrong time? I'm like, um, sure, because I really don't want you to talk about this. Sure. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you should wait until you're married. Your mom and I waited and we were very happy that we waited. And I'm like, okay. He's like, good. And that was it pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> there was nothing else. Oh, well, you, you, you're... Could, you could tell he wanted to have that conversation as much as I did. So oh, no, my dad was enthusiastic about the conversation <laughs> and shared far more detail than any teenager would ever want to know about their parents. It was horrific. 
which yeah. is why I still remember exactly where and when and what was going on when it happened. Yeah. Because it was just like, bro, we're good here. This does not you 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 went past the finish line by about two hundred meters on this one, guy. Like, yeah, I have things in my head I will never be able to unremember. Yep. But that's my dad. He is like just two hundred percent on everything. Yeah. Which may make me make a little more sense, but yeah, it does actually. He, yeah, he's he's a uh, <laughs> he's a boisterous and uh, energetic man. Yeah. So how would you break the ice at a business function? What does this have to do with the future? I have no do I have idea. a business function in my future? Oh, gosh. <laughs> how would you break the ice at a business function? Giant polar bear. Oh, oh, I totally I totally know how this would work. Hey, so did your parents ever have the talk with you? Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> Dude, you, you know that you would say that and it would be to someone in HR and you would get fired right away. Oh. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, speaking of which, have you watched any of Mythic Quest? <laughs> I watched the first season, yeah. It's... Dude, the second season just started, yeah, and I it is way it better than the last season. Oh, that's that's impressive, because season one was hysterical. And the HR girl, or HR lady, has a much, much more prominent role. Oh, she's... In, she, in this one. And she is she's hilarious. So yeah, she's so good. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, she is. Yeah, that's been the perfect role for her. So, uh, will men still be sporting long beards, or will facial hair be out of style in twenty years from now? My prediction: I think it's going to go out of fashion for a little while, and it's and probably about back, twenty yeah. years from now that it'll come back into fashion. So yeah. Well. Yeah. On about a twenty-year loop. Ah, no, because like twenty years ago, early two thousands. Oh yeah, maybe more. It's more. No, like, uh, everyone like even the years. punk rock bands were clean shaven, mm-hmm. for the most part. Okay. Like I'm thinking, I'm thinking like all the popular music acts and and actors from 2000, late 90s. Everyone was clean shaven. Okay, so very I'm, rarely did people. If anything, they had like mustaches, right? Like so, some of the older guys. Yeah, so I'm a you little. Got to go back older, to like the 60s and 70s when long beards were. So I would, I think maybe in 20 20 years, yeah, there's either a lot of clean shaven or like very shorter, you know, well mm-hmm. maintained beards would be my guess. Okay. I'm because I'm old. I was thinking more like seventies, early eighties as my last uh, reference. And then I'm realizing, yeah. Oh yeah, it's a lot. We're a lot further along than I was thinking. So, now granted there no, are, there are right. certain populaces in this country that will always have long beards, but right. And I, and I think there. that, I think that uh, when you look at, um, at least what I've seen happen with fashion over the years um, is that they've really embraced a diversity in fashion that uh, we didn't have when we were kids. It was just like, there was the one thing that, that we did, you know, or the one or two things that, uh, that we did as kids that baggy, um, that were cool. Yeah. Well, for you, it was baggy. For me, it was like tight rolling my jeans and stuff when i was in elementary school and your cigarette pack rolled up in your sleeve mitch (laughs) it's not that far back good grief (laughs) but you know back in the 80s it was you know neon colors you know when i was in junior high and high school it was all about tight rolling your pants and probably the equivalent of skinny jeans today um but uh but yeah once when we got into the night actually no in high school it would have been baggy pants and stuff like that because you know don't forget i'm about 10 years ahead of you there um so 
Yeah. So you would have been. Oh man. So what yeah, year you did you graduate right around, high school? Hmm. What year did you graduate high school? Uh, ninety-five. Oh, that is interesting. Yeah. So you would have been like eight years old. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, so, I would have been eight. So that was right. That was right, kind of at the cusp of the baggy jean thing, because. At that point, it was mostly like your, um, uh, I don't know how they, you characterize uh, this movement, but it would have been like your alternative. Uh, yeah, the, um, the like grunge scene wise. was just about to blow up. Yeah, yeah, that was around, right around the time of the grunge Pearl Jam scene. and Nirvana and and what kind of scene. what kind of sparked the whole baggy jeans? At least in around me was the uh, the whole like get your clothes from goodwill um thing you know where everybody was wearing like grungy old clothes and and so like i knew i knew one kid who would go to goodwill and buy like size 50 jeans and understand he was probably size 32 and then he would get a literally a rope to tie the tie the jeans uh, around his waist and that's, that's how that's how he dressed you know, and that, that that's was baggy jeans for him. And, mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of where a lot of that came from. So, and eventually the fashion industry caught up to actually make baggy jeans. So, unfortunately, but all right. What new invention will be made for the blind? Mm. There's no time period on this. So I, you know, what would be interesting in this is a, something that I could actually think of where um, <clears throat> a glasses with technology baked in could help not to help them see maybe. So maybe mm -hmm. it would just be headphones, um, but also glasses to cover their eyes, right? Cause a lot of blind folks will wear sunglasses. So as Correct. to, you know, to cover their eyes. So that's why I was thinking it could be glasses, but instead of AR, it's able to communicate like via audio to them. But it has spatial awareness, like um, like self driving cars do. So it would they could it would help them better navigate out in public based on their surroundings. Yeah, so I can say see okay, that. you're you, twenty feet until the intersection. Um, you know, you you are uh, you are two feet. Uh, there's a building two feet to your right. Uh, someone's approaching on your left or someone's coming mm -hmm. up from behind. Like if it was able to do that spatial awareness, like self-driving cars are now granted getting that from a car down to something as small as glasses, or even like a, like a, a phone size that you could wear in your pocket that would connect to your headphones. Mm -hmm. That's obviously, that's a huge transition, but something like that would, I think would be incredible. Yeah. You know, and I think, my first thought was technology that would actually give them the ability to see, you know, some kind of, uh, you know, in sci-fi, we oftentimes see like ocular technology that, uh, that uses something akin to a camera that then, cause I think that what they're missing right now is you'd be able to interface the, the ability to interface with the optic nerve, but, uh, something where they could actually, um, connect technology to your brain. Um, very much uh, like uh, cybernetics yeah that's a bit too. terrifying but well the thing is is you know there's no time period put on this so on an infinite time scale i would think that they, oh yeah this then technology you just will exist at some point. eyeballs that are computers that mm -hmm. you, you replace the, the eyeballs that you were born with with computers yeah. and 
I like your spatial audio idea. Um, I, I thought of that too, very much like a daredevil type concept, mm-hmm. um, where you can hear the things around you, um, in some way, shape or form. Um, you might have to, the, the blind person may have to learn how to, uh, navigate that, but once they would learn, they could see in a sense, um, through the technology. So yeah, I like it. What will become out of date, dangerous, <laughs> and removed from all homes 20 years from now? Television. <laughs> that was my first thought. Uh, <laughs> uh, space heaters? Space heaters, I like that. Uh, they'll be come up with some kind of way to, to heat homes. That uh, um, I mean, not, not that they don't have that, that right now, but they would replace the idea of a space heater with uh, something that was safer um hmm. i'm just trying to think of stuff that i don't want my kid to get into mm-hmm. you know like electrical plugs the ability i to thought of that a, too the ability to reach a pot of boiling anything mm-hmm. well i mean they they're doing a lot of stuff with uh induction cooking now too where your your range doesn't actually heat up it's the pot that heats up so right but if she can still i mean she's four and she's four and a half like she's i get it she's big enough that she can reach all that stuff she knows not to Mm -hmm. but still yeah i mean i think like the space heater comes to mind for obvious reasons um also like water heaters water heaters maybe i don't know that i call that no because if those go bad they go through the house and out the roof (laughs) yeah i can see that Another thought that I had was how do you make cars more um, less dangerous? No mass gasoline. I I think gasoline was my first thought. Uh, I don't know if 20 years is, uh, I don't know if 20 years from now, they'll have all gas cars off the road and be replaced with electric. No, but I think, I think in 20 years they will stop producing. Yeah, quite cars. possible yeah so i mean there's going to be that tail off but like i'm mm-hmm. fully expecting my kid who's four she'll she'll have to learn how to drive mm-hmm. when she's 16 but i think she will spend the majority of her life not driving and being yeah. driven by the car so my personal feeling about this um and i, I don't think this is going to happen in 20 years but what I would personally like to see, and I know that this is probably not going to, this opinion is probably not going to be shared by everybody, but I really like the idea of networked uh, vehicles on the road. Um, the fact that the, the idea that all vehicles are aware of each other, they're self-driving, they they can stay on the road, they can drive the utopian future that I see vehicle wise is that, uh, is that every car communicates with the, with other cars on the road and every, every car knows where the other cars are. That literally you could get to a point where cars can drive a foot to six inches from each other at speeds that you and I would, would not be able to do that because we wouldn't have the reflexes to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. So the idea that you could your fast lane on the roads could be 120 miles an hour, you know, with cars within six inches of each other, because they know what the cars are doing. Like there are no, there's no, uh, 
um, variables for them to worry about. They they get it. And when there is danger, they all know it miles in, in advance. Mm-hmm. So they so they can slow down, they can they can get uh they can react to that, you know, the car's doing all the thinking. Right. And even on top of that, you you then don't need stop signs or yield signs. Mm-hmm. Those cars can pass, you know, each other without having to worry about it. You would probably still want stop signs in cities, or I mean uh stoplights in sit in certain parts of certain cities so mm-hmm. that you can control the flow more. But I would yeah. imagine most stop signs and yield signs would just go away. Yeah. And there would I've, be far fewer stoplights. And that would only be so that you could help route traffic more efficiently. If if that is more efficient than the computer just being able to interweave cars like chaos. Mm-hmm. What's probably reasonable for 20 years from now is some kind of... I think what we're already seeing with the advanced cruise controls, the adaptive cruise control... Uh, the lane monitoring, you know, stuff like that becoming like you basically could put your car in autopilot once you get on the road or once you get on the highway, that the highway is, you know, you wouldn't really need to drive at all. Um, you would have to drive once you get off the highway and go, you know, go into town or something like that. You know, there's, you'd still be driving there, but the idea that once you get on the highway, you can just, you know, figuratively speaking maybe hit a button and take the foot off the gas you know even maybe just kind of stop paying attention to what's going on around you and be able to talk to your family do other things you know you're you're not engaged in the driving process as much so for the most part a lot of that exists already you know what tesla is doing with their autopilot is is similar to that Although you still have to pay attention, you still have to be aware of your surroundings. But I can see in twenty years, uh, us le- us driving less and less on highways for sure. I'm just waiting for you to agree or disagree with that. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I agree. Okay. What will be completely digital twenty years from now? Mm. Business paperwork. Oh, that's a utopia I could get behind. Mm-hmm. I am so sick. You have no idea in my job how much paper we use every week. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's messy. I think the ideal here is that like paper books are still available. Mm-hmm. Magazines and newspapers, right? But like yeah. all business related paperwork, all digital. Yeah. Just get rid of it. I'm 100% behind that. I don't know if I would say completely digital in 20 years, but I think we've come so long with music. You know, when was the last time you bought a CD? <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, I can't even, it's been a long time since I bought a bunch of stuff digitally, but like the last mm-hmm. time I bought a physical cd goodness me yeah college maybe the better question for me probably is for my my personal um my personal habits is when was i when was the last time i bought a cd by choice for something that i could get digitally you know because my brother-in-law um 
records albums and and his stuff uh, is some of it's available digitally some of it's not so and i t- typically will buy stuff from him to help support him and i think the last cd i bought that wasn't one of his was a project 86 cd that i just wanted a hard copy of but i literally think i opened it played it once and put it back in the package and have listened to it digitally ever since mm-hmm so I think music, music could definitely be one of those. I know, I know for people that really are into vinyl and, and listen to stuff on vinyl, they're probably never going to go hundred percent digital. And these people be people now, which I find kind of hilarious that collect cassette tapes because that's become like a big deal in certain, certain areas. But I think for general purpose use, like I'm not even sure if we're going to own our own music in the future, that it's going to be primarily subscription services that a lot of people go through. Mm -hmm. You know what my biggest issue with digital music is? Hmm. The lack of liner notes, Mitch. You don't get the ability to flip it open and read through the lyrics. You don't get to see the pictures, all the other fun stuff that bands used to put in the CD liner notes. Yeah. It's like, why, why is that not a thing anymore? It drives me crazy. Well, you know, Apple tried to do that with, uh, what was it? Um, I'm trying to remember what they used to call those. Cause they used to have like liner notes that bands could put in with their digital albums. I can't remember what they called them, but it was like like enhanced enhanced albums or something like that and you there would be and some of them were animated which i thought was interesting but mo- yeah. a lot of them were just like a pdf that you opened and you could look through everything yeah so like but, minimally just give me a pdf right mm-hmm. um but secondarily on the animated thing uh, royal blood just released their latest album like two weeks ago and the cd cover itself is completely animated so like yeah. as you're looking through it's spinning and doing all this really cool stuff which i thought was neat but i'm also like give me the liner notes man i want to mm-hmm. i want to be able to like get the inside track on some of this stuff i think the i think the thing that i used to always use the those liner notes for was looking through the lyrics and you've got features for that now um, right but it was also like you got to see pictures of them in the studio sometimes and like there would be like sometimes they write a note to the people that bought the album and it's just mm-hmm. you know it's kind of nice and sometimes the real-time lyrics in apple music are not right or in my yeah. case for a a good chunk of the music i listen to they don't have them yet so no i agree with that but you know whatever I I would say that from a nostalgia point, I get what you're saying, but I can't say that I really miss them that much. So I get it. Will we still be using Wi-Fi or will something better be invented in 20 years from now? Wi-Fi 17. I, I kind of wonder if we won't just go all... Uh, all yeah i was gonna say like 5g or you know like cellular um because i think that's the hope of uh the middle millimeter wave uh 5g that being so fast and stuff like that it's just it's just you have to have the transmitters in such a dense cluster to make that work but i think 
20 years, it's, it's not a crazy thing to say that we'll pretty much just have, um, uh, wireless internet everywhere and you'll just pay for a, a subscription that way. And we, not necessarily even in the house, but at the same time, I think to myself, well, what about like wired? Like sometimes you need a wired, uh, connection, but maybe it'll just be that fast. You won't, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at this point, like if you look back 20 years, the type of internet connections we had back then, <laughs> dude i remembered when i upgraded to a broadband internet when i was uh, going to um broadcasting school mm -hmm. i i would get up now i i could never do this now because i was a it was crazy to think of of how little sleep i was getting when i was in college but i went to school um at night and then i went and i worked a overnight job and then, and then when I got home in the morning, you know, but usually around eight o'clock, I would sleep until like one or two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and then, uh, get up, do homework, get ready for school, head off to school. And you, usually I needed to be out the door at like four o'clock in the afternoon, uh, to get to school. Cause I had to plan because I think I started school at five 30 and I needed to make sure that I had plenty of time in case, cause I, this was up in, uh, Minneapolis that I was going to school. So, and I needed to plan about a, an hour and a half in case traffic was bad, but I don't even know how I survived uh, <laughs> doing, you know, cause that was like four or five days a week that I was doing this. I remember when we got broadband and I went from it taking me two hours to go through from my laptop to, and understand I had plugged my laptop into the ethernet plug. I had a long ethernet cable that went, came over to the couch. I would plug in my laptop and I would, uh, I would go online and I would search news articles. Um, I would print them off on paper <laughs> and take them to school with me. Cause these were, this was, this was my news for, for doing the, doing my in-studio work for the night. And, and it would take me like two hours to, to pull all this stuff together because I had to sit and wait for the internet to load the next page. Mm -hmm. When I got, when we got broadband internet in our apartment, it went from two hours to like 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> and so now I didn't need to spend all this time. I mean, I would be working on homework while I was waiting for pages to load. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it was just crazy. So yeah, I don't I don't know if we'll have anything that's specifically called Wi-Fi. I can envision envision a future where I'll put a box up up on the the first floor of the house where it can pick up the um wireless signal and then I can run cabling off of that to computers if I want them plugged into something. But otherwise, um like down in my studio here, I might not be able to pick up a, the cellular signal very well, which my my phone is fine. But if I couldn't, then I could have a wired uh, computer in that. And maybe I want to just build a Faraday cage and just have a wire coming in. <laughs> but I would, uh, I would have some way to wire a computer in. But otherwise, like everything would just work on the Wi-Fi. Or not the Wi-Fi, the, the cellular network. Yeah. So. <clears throat> yeah, 
catch in a Faraday cage. Oh, <laughs> I've had thoughts of actually doing that. I don't know. But I just because just because I guess I don't know. Oh, what can you purge from your life to help you see things clearer? This is a good question to end on, I think. And then we'll talk about what's delighting us this week. What can you purge from your life to help you see things clearer? Um, honestly, like I know I said this earlier as a joke, but like television, um, like I watch a lot of sports. Um, mm-hmm. I only watch like one or two, maybe three shows. Um, but there's a lot of, like, I spend a lot of time watching soccer, you know, uh, basketball, things like that, football in the fall. Um, those aren't bad things, but they're often escapes from having to think about stuff that's going on, right? It's I just want to be entertained, um, and I can shut my brain off for a while. But mm-hmm. so uh, I have thoughts I, about that. I think there are. I think there's a place for that sometimes, but I also think it can be uh, an unhealthy use of time in avoiding dealing with things that are going on um Mm -hmm. so i think you need to be careful with it but here's what i've learned over the last uh probably 10 years or so that i've been really working on trying to do a lot of that kind of stuff where you know just watching so much tv takes so much time out of your day and you know where i would love to keep up with hockey maybe watch baseball or or something like that it's just it's such a time investment and so i don't um for that reason and football on the other hand is one sunday a week um for 3 hours and i to me that's more manageable so that's kind of why i've uh why I, I watch football over perhaps and not, I mean, I enjoy football, but that that's why I'm, I've chosen football more often to, to be the sport that I follow It's just, it doesn't require as much of a time investment unless you try to watch every game, but I don't do that because there's only two teams that exist on Sunday, the Packers and whoever they're playing. So, um, <laughs> but I think that in doing so I have run into where my job gets stressful and if I try to be productive in the morning, cause I work in, I work second shift. So 1230 to nine every day. If I try to be productive in the morning and then go to work and be productive all day, I burn myself out. You know, I've, I've recognized that. So I don't like, I plan for days where I'll watch a movie or I'll catch up on a couple shows or, you know, wrestling for the, for, the two of us, you know, that can be a time commitment. Um, so planning that out and making sure that I'm using that time wisely, you know, cause you do need to have time to kind of just veg a little bit, let your brain relax. Um, so you're not burning yourself out, but you have to balance that with productive time as well. So I would agree. I, you know, in a situation like yours where you're working during the day like that, and I would do this too, is I would come home at night, I would eat dinner, plop down in front of the TV and probably watch TV the rest of the night. That's, that's what 
would be common for me. Um, I would agree that, you know, even watching two hours of TV a night might be a little bit much, you know, so I've tried to cut down on that. I've tried to, you know, but, but at the same time, you've got to have that recreation time and maybe it's taking a walk. Maybe it's listening to a podcast. Maybe it's just, you know, doing something else, but, but, uh, you know, TV certainly could go away, but, but you'd have to replace it with something that, that you're not expending a lot of brain activity on just to just to make sure that you get that rest so so that's that would be my my response to what you said about tv um for me like i've tried to do a lot of this uh over you know probably the last 10 to 20 years and I think one of the first things that I did that, man, I was listening to so much uh, talk radio. And there came a point where, because I, because when I was listening to talk radio, I was, I had, I was commuting a lot uh, up in the Twin Cities. And, and when we moved from uh, Minnesota in back, for me, back to Wisconsin, uh, I kind of got away from a listen, listening to a lot of that stuff. And then I just came to the point where it's like, news doesn't make me happy. <laughs> and most of it, like, I don't need to know about, you know, and I heard somebody at one point say that, you know, if you were to just stop reading or watching or listening to the news and just listen to what your friends care about and you know, or when you go to work and people talk about the, a news story and then just at that point, then you can say, okay, well maybe it, it's something that's big to them. So maybe it's something that I need to know about. And then you spend a little bit of time on the internet just to kind of get a basic understanding of what the news story is that, you know, it's not the worst way of kind of keeping, keeping uh, attention to what's going on in the world. And so I've kind of been doing that for a lot of you know, for probably the last 10 years or so. And I'll tell you what, man, I am so much happier without knowing every single thing that's going on in the world and having to have an opinion on everything. Because all, you know, especially politics, having opinion on some on, on something puts you into a camp that if you don't agree with somebody, now we have to have an argument about it. And, and I don't, I, whatever, I don't need that. I don't need that in my life. There's enough reasons to be angry with people and and everything that I don't need uh I don't need another reason to uh to have issue with other people. Not that I look for reasons to have issue with people. I don't don't mean to sound like that, but um but enough stuff comes up that uh that I'm dealing with that I don't need more issues. So So yeah. So TV, I would agree with, I think the, what you're paying attention to certainly, um, yeah, I think for the most part, for me, at least I need to care. I need to like, be careful what I care about. And I said this at work one day and my boss looked at me funny, but you know, for me at work, I, I'm a, I'm a perfectionist. I am like, want to be the best at everything. And for me, I have to regulate what I care about 
because otherwise I freak myself out about everything. And so I, that's a mental discipline that I've had to practice for a long time. And so for, for me, it's like figuring out what, what do I want to care about? That's that, what do I want to let in and take up my mind share of mine? And, uh, and what do I need to just push away and not care about? So I think that's been a really interesting me mental exercise for me to be able to, uh, to manage all that. Yeah, there's, there's always like that, that choice, right? Cause we, you know, with the access we have to everything, we can, you just get overwhelmed, right? hundred percent by everything. So I think there's, I think there's value in um, deciding what matters to you and what doesn't. Um, but I think that's a conversation that needs to be ongoing with yourself, right? Because sometimes you may say, well, this isn't important to me now, but in six months, it needs to become important to you, right? For whatever reasons, external changes, internal changes, stuff like that. So yeah, as long as that conversation's ongoing, right? And you're aware of, you know, that I think that's, that's a fairly healthy place to be. Um, especially if you're open to people saying, no, Mitch, you need to care about this. Yeah. <laughs> So, no, I definitely there, there are things like, especially in my job that, you know, if the boss comes to me and says, Hey, I need you to take care of this, or I need you to be watching this, this thing. Um, definitely have, I have to pay attention to that. But I have a guy that I work with that is, he's like, hugely religious, hugely Republican, um, he wears his Trump hat to work every day still. Um, and every time he comes into the break room, he wants to talk politics. And I can't tell you how many times I've looked at him and said, Hey, Ted, I don't care. I, I, I appreciate that. That's something that, that you're really passionate about, but I, I, I don't want to talk about that. And he's been very reasonable about it. And he's, you know, he, he stops and he'll quiet down and, and, uh, and, you know, he's respected me on that. And I, and I haven't been disrespectful to him, but it's just, you know, I, I just can't do that. Cause, cause then I start like the hate starts to build in me <laughs> and, and not against him, but, but against the, the, like, Oh, you know what, what's Nancy Pelosi's done, you know, and then I, then I want to hate her. And then that's not God doesn't want that from us, you know? And I just know that, that politics and stuff like that just brings the worst out in me. Yeah. And so, you know, and I've explained that to him before, like that's, I just can't do that. And so he's been really good about that. So cool. Anything else to say about that? Nope. All right. Well, I might argue that this wasn't as much fun as the would you rather, but, um, <laughs> but I think we, I think it was good. So we'll, we'll have to keep the pod decks, uh, available here to, uh, to maybe I'll let you pick the category next time and we'll, uh, we'll see where we go from there, but take sports trivia for 200 Alex. Yeah. So what's delighting you today, Cam? Uh, a game called Hearthstone. Have I talked to you about Hearthstone yet, Mitch? Um, is that the card game that uh, 
that's tied to World of Warcraft? Yeah, uh, yes. Okay. I have played it before. Okay. So I can't remember if I've talked about it on the show before, but I'm going to talk about it again if I have, because I am, uh, I'm digging it, Mitch. So it is, did you ever play like Magic the Gathering or Pokemon or any of those card games back in the day? Not really. Uh, I have to be honest with you. It kind of came a little bit after the time where I think it would have been, uh, that I would have really been able to get into it. So I didn't, I know of it, but I'm not, uh, not as familiar with it as, uh, as you might be. Gotcha. Okay. So what Hearthstone is, is it's a strategic card battling game where you build decks of 30 cards and then you fight your uh, opponent with the cards. And it's, uh, uh, there's, I think nine different classes that you can choose from that all have um, different strengths and weaknesses and available cards. So there's each class has its own set of cards. And then there's a neutral set of cards that any class can pull from. Um, and then each class hero has their own hero power, which is a unique capability that that only that class can do. Uh, and then you build your deck of 30 cards um, and you can have, at most two copies of a card unless it's a legendary then you can only have one so the 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 fewest amount of cards you could have in your deck would be you know two copies of 15 or you could have 30 individual cards and then each turn you gain a mana and cards cost a certain amount of mana to do or to play and then you fight your opponent and the first person to get your opponent from 30 hp down to zero wins and it is so much fun because it's not a physical card game it's completely digital so you're able to do things on the digital version of a game that you could never pull off physically you can create multiple copies of cards you can add them to your deck you can uh you can change their stats you can you know change their uh their characteristics that all show up live on the screen that you could never pull off you know with physical cards mm -hmm. um and it's all animated and they all have like funny sayings when they attack. Like it, there's multiple times where I laugh out loud during a game um, because of things that uh, the cards say or do. Um, they're all, you know, hand-drawn really well. Um, the different playing fields all have different um, looks and feels. You can interact with them, um, which is pretty fun. And it's, there's, there's multiple game modes now. Um, and they have changed the ranking system to be a little uh, easier to understand, but I, I love it. I play it every day. I'm pushing. I'm yesterday. I was at the highest rank I've ever been, and I'm trying to push forward to a new to a new. Uh, I've already hit my record, but I'm trying to push to the next level. There's there's bronze. There's like the beginning levels. Then there's bronze, silver, gold, um, platinum, diamond, and legend. And I'm trying to get to platinum for the first time which is hard, <laughs> but I'm getting a lot better at the game. Um, and it's super fun. I really enjoy it and it's free to play. So if, it, if that sounds like fun to anyone, you should try it out. You could spend a lot of money on it if you wanted to, but you don't have to. Every, everything about it is free to play. Just like, you know, Fortnite. You can spend a lot of money in Fortnite, but you don't need to. So that's what is delighting me because it's fun and I enjoy it. And you get to think and strategize and like, oh, I could do this and then do that and make this combo and that would do that and that would trigger this and then I win. Yeah. It's 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 very satisfying from the strategic and um, uh, planning mindset. 
Mm-hmm. But you gotta be good at math. All I'm saying. Yeah, I have played it before and I I did enjoy it a lot. So good stuff. All right, if Hearthstone. If anyone's listening and wants to play me in a Hearthstone match, I would gladly accept. Just shoot me a message on Twitter and I'll give you my my battle tag. Okay. Well, we'll we'll see. Maybe I'll uh I'll jump in and let you beat me bad. All right. And I did put a link I did put a link in the show notes uh to the the Hearthstone website. Nice. So anybody who's looking for more information on that can find it. So. Yeah, it's really fun. And I highly encourage it. Yeah. And I've got links in the show notes for everything that we've talked about today as well. So if you're looking for more information, uh check Such it out. Such a professional, Mitch. You know Such what? a professional. Sometimes you gotta put a little extra work into a podcast to make it good. So I it gives me something it. to do while you're talking too. <laughs> Mitch does have jokes, folks. <laughs> yeah, I do. I have jokes. All right. Well, what's delighting me today is uh, in a further effort to get ready for uh, a said vacation that I seem to not be able to stop talking about. I uh, bought a couple of products that uh, from a company called 12 South. Now, 12 South is my pick for what's delighting me today, because I think this is one of those companies that just makes some really cool stuff. Uh, Years ago, they were really well known for making their book book cases for the iPhone. Um, They came out with them for the iPad, for the MacBooks. Mm -hmm. Uh, They have also gone on to make um, their their high-rise stands for the iMac, um, stands for... Uh, macbooks for macbook pros uh they they just have so much really cool stuff that they make the hover bar for the ipad's pretty awesome too hover bar for the ipad i really like that yeah and and the list goes on and on i I went on the website earlier just to look through all the products that they had and there's like four pages of just really cool different products that that you could choose from are are they the ones that have the mac scented candle as well you know i think so but i don't know that i saw that on the website today when i was looking so um they may have had that but i'm not sure that they this candle offer smells right of recycled aluminium yeah i mean certainly we could um could do a little bit of digging to see if they're the ones but i think they did um but they've got cord management stuff up there they've got uh uh, those little riser stands. They've got a really cool little stand that if you use a iMac, I'm sorry, not an iMac, um, a Mac mini that you can put your monitor on top of the stand. And then they, they actually put a little shelf in there. That's perfect size for the Mac mini. So I think that's kind of a cool little thing. Um, but yeah, and everything looks really cool. Um, they, they just do a really fantastic job of, the products that they offer. So check them out. It is a premium brand, so you are going to pay a little bit more for their stuff. But uh, but to get to the products that I purchased, um, the first one is called the Caddy Sack, which the name is a little disconcerting, but <laughs> the Caddy Sack. Now, this looks like like the book book style thing. It looks like a little book, um, maybe about an inch to an inch and a half thick. Uh, it's got a zipper on the outside of it. 
And when you open it up, there's little straps and a little uh, mesh pocket um, for carrying your cables. And with the ca- the cables, there's uh, three little loops for cables on the left-hand side. And then on the other side, the loops go all the way across. And they, they actually have a little Velcro strap that um that resizes for the whatever it is that you want to put in there so it's it's really nice that way um these straps on the right side are designed for uh your your uh macbook or macbook pro charger the 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 square brick and then you then you can put the uh, cable you can wind up the cable and put that under the other strap and that's kind of what they designed it for um for my vacation i'm not taking my um, MacBook with me. So what I'm using it for is just, I'm going to put my, uh, wireless charger in here and also the, um, USB-C, uh, adapter because I don't have, uh, anything else for USB-C and my lightning to USB cable. I'm going to put, put on that side. And, and you also notice that there's a little pen, uh, holder in the middle as well. Mm -hmm. So you can throw a pen in there. So I did that. Uh, I'm not sure exactly why, but I'll put that in there just in case I need it. Never know when you're going to need a pen. But uh, but I think this is just a really cool thing. You know, you can buy uh, cable organizers and stuff like that online for, uh, you know, $10, $20. But uh, what I bought here, they sell it on the website for $59. I'm not, I did not pay $59 for it. I got it for about $40 on Amazon. But the build quality, the just how they built these is so much nicer than if you were to buy just the $10 cheapo thing on Amazon. So, so I'm really happy with this. This will have all the cables I need for the vacation, uh, in it. Uh, I did also purchase a, a multi-plug that has three regular outlets on it and then three USB, uh, outlets on it. Mm-hmm. That will basically, will basically be what I use for my charging station when we're on vacation as well. Now, the reason that I picked 12 South in my delight me, uh, the delight me segment here is so that I could talk about both of these products that I bought. So the Caddyshack was the first thing. Now the other thing is called the Airfly. Have you seen the Airfly before? Mm-mm. No. So the Airfly is their a solution for, I have a pair of uh, Bluetooth headphones with me, but to use the in-flight entertainment system i have to plug a headphone jack into that so oh i know what this this yeah is a small little uh usb um receiver transmitter transmitter um and i say that because this one's a little unique compared to the other ones but uh, this will plug into just a three and a half millimeter jack and then when you turn it on, it will um, transmit the, I'm trying to make sure that I use transmit and receive properly, but it'll transmit the Bluetooth signals so that you can throw on your, your Bluetooth headphones and listen to whatever this is plugged into. <clears throat> they have a regular version of this that they came out with a while ago. They have a special version for the Switch that, I would have to look and see why why it's special and why you need a special version for the Switch. I don't know if it has a the uh, ability to use the mic, uh, mm-hmm. maybe. But 
but that could be the, the difference. And then they have a different one called the duo, which uh, the difference between the the first two and the duo is a duo you can connect two devices to so that you can have two people listen to the same audio. Mm-hmm. The one that I bought is the Pro um, because I always have to pick the most expensive one to purchase. Um, but the Pro gives you two um, audio streams. So the same thing as the duo would allow you. But this has a feature on it that I think, I'm, I don't know that I've ever seen this in another device like this. This, there's a little switch on the side there. I don't know if you can see that. Mm-hmm. But it says TX on one side of the switch and RX on the other side of the switch. So the TX stands for transmit or transfer. Um, the RX stands for receive. Right. So here's what's unique about this. If I want to plug this into a headphone jack and listen to something through my Bluetooth headphones, I can do that. I just put it on TX or transmit. If I want to send something to a device that has an auxiliary input on it to, uh, to hold on a second. If I want to if I want to send audio to a device to be able to listen to it through speakers because it doesn't have Bluetooth on it, I flip that switch, yep. and this becomes a re- this becomes a receiver instead That's of a clever. transmitter. Clever. So so it has w- way more use cases than just for airplanes. Then oh, I, I mean, great. yeah, it did before, but but this gives it even more. Uh, features. So if I've got, uh, you know, an old uh, stereo system that I want to plug this into, so that I can listen to something off my iPhone, I can do that. And so this was $40. That's it. That's it. That's what I paid for it on Amazon. I think they might charge 59 for it on their website. But it's 45 on their website right now. Is it 45? Okay. Yeah. Well, it's usually uh, it's usually 50. It's marked down to 45 right now. Yeah. So really cool piece of uh yeah. piece of um gadgetry or whatever. And it comes in this cool little pouch that says airfly on it. And it, it so it says it has a 16 hour battery life, but can you can you leave it plugged in and use it consistently? I haven't tried it. Um I I wondered about that myself. It's got a U, little USB C uh jack on the bottom and it comes with just a really short cable. Mm-hmm. Um, but it'll work with any USB cable or USB C cable. But yeah, so I don't know that you would need. I mean, you could certainly. Uh, hopefully, you can plug it in and it would just keep it powered. Um, but uh, you know, if you were out on the go, which is how this is intended, I'm sure. I'm sure you could. Uh, you wouldn't need to keep it plugged in because you wouldn't be using right. It yeah, I was just thinking hours. if someone has like a really awesome <clears throat> home home stereo system. And getting it in the jack, it just would be easier just to set it and forget it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, I get, I get that. I get the use but, case for it. That's pretty cool, Mitch. I didn't know they made this. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm, I'm super excited about this. Uh, I think it'll. I did, I don't know if this will be one of those things that you that I'll need for sure while we're on vacation. But man, if you need it and don't have it, uh, it's, uh, it's one of those things that could. Uh, and I know I'll use this. Yeah. But um but it's you know, it's one of those things that's really nice to have for when you need it. So 
Well, I'm I'm thinking the youth group would be great because then I can just I can control the music from my phone anywhere in the mm-hmm. church, which would be great. Yeah, I have a uh, one that Aki makes that is just just a receiver, so mm-hmm. that I use at work because um, we have a little radio at work that we listen to while we're um, unloading the trucks, and so that that gives me the ability to plug that into, and that one does power off of the USB connector on it. And that one was just, is just the receiver and that was $25. So, um, but that one works really nice because then I can walk around, you know, I can actually leave my phone in my pocket and I've been almost halfway across the store and it hasn't cut out, which is crazy. Yeah. That's impressive. So I was sitting in the bathroom the other day, uh, and it was connected. I thought for sure I was going to lose my connection because the, the bathroom is not that, you know, it's a ways away from uh, receiving. And uh, and it stayed connected the whole time. So it was pretty cool. But Sweet. that one Aki makes. So if you're looking for something that's just a receiver, that's not a bad option either. Very cool. So cool. All right. Well, as always, if you are looking for uh, Cam and I, uh, check us out at innerdialogue.show. Uh, we have our full catalog there, and uh, and we certainly would uh, love to hear from you guys. So uh, if you'd like to hit us up on Twitter, I'm at Mitch Craig. I'm at Cam Brennan. Yeah. Cam beat me at chess again. I don't like how the game that we're playing right now is going either. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see. But, it's still very early. It's still yeah. Very early. But at any rate, uh, hit us up on Twitter if you have questions, comments, need anything. Uh, the our shirt is still available on uh, on Cotton Bureau. So if you would like to purchase one, I purchased one. I think it turned out really well. Um, and, and it is available in a few different colors. Uh, is it that because soft tri blend? It is. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. Right. I bought another shirt. Well, when I uh, ordered that shirt and uh, I've got my, my Flynn's arcade shirt on today. Nice. So this is a shirt that I'm planning on wearing to a galaxy's edge. So cause I need to show show my, my geek. <laughs> but uh, at any rate, um, yeah, do check out the, uh, the shirt up there. I did actually get some sales this last week. Not of that, not of our shirt, but of another shirt that I put up there. So kind of excited about that. I mean, I only made nine bucks. I sold three of them. So only make three dollars per shirt but whatever that's pretty cool i literally like spent like five minutes throwing the design together and and a few more minutes to put it up on cotton bureau so it's not like nine dollars for that a little bit of time investment is well worth it so nice but cool all right i also uh where did i put it oh i also started messing around with uh making these little netted uh, are these little nets um, for little carriers? Um, maybe I'll put a. There's a guy on on uh, Etsy that makes these for the Galaxy's Edge um, Coke bottles, and also for the BB unit droids for carrying uh, the droids. I'll I'll throw a link to the in the show notes uh, for that as well, so you guys can look at that. But they're basically just paracord um, carrying holders or whatever just little nets so um so i've had a little fun uh 
uh, re reverse engineering the way that he did it and build making my own. So I've been working on that this week, but at any rate, we should wrap up the show. I need to shut up. (laughs) All right. Well, it's been fun, Cam. Uh, We'll be back here in a couple of weeks and we'll see you later, man. Peace.